Welcome to Gin and Topics Tasting Room. I'm swapping Anya for Emma, our resident gin expert, the little monkey. And she's going to tell us about the gin that we drank this week, what we should have tasted, and what we could do with the rest of the bottle. So pour a glass and join us in a little gin tasting. Emma, it is our last episode of the series. <laughs> episode 10. Oh, I'm actually really sad. I like drinking gin with you guys. I know. Well, we've got a gin. We're going to drink it together. And I think actually, you know, it isn't the end. It is, you know, just the end of this series. A pause for now. A pause for the liver. <laughs> <laughs> a pause for the palate. <laughs> To let ourselves, you know, just regroup, come back with another series and another load of gins. Nice. But we do have to end series somewhere. We can't keep going every single week. True. Because I don't don't think we'd enjoy the gin as much. True. If we had to keep drinking a different one each week. Or maybe we would. The good ones, but then there are not the good ones. So it's a bit of a roller coaster, a bit up up and down. This will give us a pause before we set off on the next roller coaster. Do you know, that is a really good way of putting it. And as any roller coaster, you know, you go up high, you come down low to the end. (laughs) Oh, no, Sarah, what are you doing to me? And with this roller coaster, we're ending on a flavoured gin. Excellent. Which one? Now, you know, we are not big on our flavoured gins. We love our London Dry. We just like a ginny gin that tastes we like do. a gin that you can put in a gin and tonic and just not be disappointed. But there are so many. There are some flavoured gins which aren't that bad. Okay, there are so many flavoured gins on the market. And we are this week having a Whitley rhubarb and ginger gin. I mean, you say there are a lot of flavoured gins on the market. Whitley Neal makes, you know, half of them. I know, exactly. (laughs) I mean, I love a Whitley Neal, you know, standard gin. We've always loved, loved their London Dry Pretty much a go-to, but they're constantly churning out their flavoured gins, and this is one (laughs) of them, the rhubarb and ginger. And I have to tell you, I didn't want to like it. I didn't, because Mm -hmm. it was flavoured, and I didn't want flavoured. I was pleasantly surprised, and I'm looking forward to trying it again with you and talking through it to see whether that lasts from the euphoria of an episode through to just (laughs) tasting it. So come on, tell me about Whitley and why do they keep churning out these flavoured gins? (laughs) So Whitley Neal was created by Johnny Neal, lovely guy, lots of distillation history, wanted to capture the flavour, some of the unique exotic flavours from Africa in a gin. That's the standard Whitley Neal. Um... It got bought by Halewood, who own quite a lot of gins around the UK um, oh. on a very much an incubator for small brands. And then they take it and put their business spin on it, okay. uh, which basically for this gin made 
you know, was moving. I think they might have had this gin before they were bought. I'm not 100% sure, but they kind of take it and then they stretch it for the gin business, which Got normally you. means lots of product extensions. Some of them flavoured gin, some of them not. Uh, but for Whitley Neal, there are a lot of flavoured ones. There is one that they've just come out with called Connoisseur's Cut. Mm. So if you like the standard Whitley Neal, you should try that. Um, it's lovely. Um, very classic gin-wise. I have tried it. I quite like it. I do have it in the cupboard at the moment. <laughs> I would say, though, in terms of the rhubarb and ginger, um, it is one of the better of the flavours for me. Um, it's one of the more successful. Um, I do find it works better in things like a Negroni. We'll come on to why later. Uh, should we go back to the gin? The gin is 10 botanicals. Okay. So even though Whitley Neal had this kind of basis of African botanicals, that kind of disappears for this gin because it was inspired more by the English country garden. So rather than things like baobab, you've got ginger and rhubarb. Um, but otherwise, alongside that, you've got your core, juniper, coriander, angelica, very classic. You've got cassia, cinnamon and you like, uh, oris, licorice, orange and lemon. So 10 botanicals, including your ginger and rhubarb. Yeah, so most of those are your standard expected. I mean, in fact, you've listed a lot of the ones that were in the Sipsmith last week. But on yes. top of that, we've exactly. got the rhubarb and ginger. And I am so delighted that you said that this kind of wins with you because I felt really bad for liking it because I really didn't want to. <laughs> but actually, I felt it was well done for a flavoured gin. Yeah. I mean, the thing that you've got with this, so it's natural flavours, uh, but some have been added after distillation because it is very difficult to get some of the freshness from rhubarb and ginger just by distillation alone. Although I do think they put some in the still and then they add more flavours to kind of boost it. Um, the only thing would be, for me, it does have a touch of sweetness added as well. Mm. Um, if it didn't do that, but then it's not too much. It's still 43% ABV, mm-hmm. kind of sits on the fence. Is it true gin or not <gasps> with the amount of sweetness? But you are allowed under legislation to do that as long as you're not calling yourself a London Dry. So. Which it isn't. No, and they're not adding anywhere near as much as you'd need to be to be a gin liqueur. Yeah. But I think you do have to be very careful with how you mix it. I mean, let's have a okay. let's have a smell and see what see what you think. Okay, I mean, straight away. I've got my nose in and I'm smelling sweets. You know, it's it's sticky. It's sweet and sticky. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, um candied rhubarb like yeah. rhubarb and custard sweets or something like that. Yeah. Have a taste, see if it's any better. And you can feel the sweetness on the tongue. Whilst it's not a gin liqueur, it still has more of that full fullness to the mouth and sweetness. It does. So the sweetness kind of co- coats your mm. tongue to begin with, which then actually makes you seem like the gin is smoother mm. perhaps than it is. Um, but it does quite well. You know, you've got that kind of stewed rhubarb towards the end and then with a bit of fresh rhubarb perhaps. No, ginger works really well with it. Yeah, it's um, not an unpleasant taste. It's it's a really pleasant no, drink. It's not a it gin. It tastes of rhubarb. It tastes of ginger. Yeah. There is no juniper. But, you know, it tastes of rhubarb, it tastes of ginger. Um, yeah. yeah. There's gin and ginger? No, there isn't. Um, <laughs> you can't get away with it that way. Um but yeah, there is a bit of florality, a little bit of spice. As always, I I just want more juniper in my flavoured gins. There are very few flavoured gins out there that achieve it well. Um, it is difficult when you know. Okay, so there's a little shout out, a shout out from Emma. Come on, <laughs> somebody give us a flavoured gin with lots of juniper 
Yes, please. I mean, I'm going to add some tonic yeah. to it. I don't have light so, tonic. I'm, and I was going to say, I'm not disappointed in it as a drink. It is a pleasant thing to drink. It's not gin, but I'm not disappointed by it. It's not like I'm sipping it going, oh, my God, that's disgusting. It's quite a nice <laughs> no. thing to sip. Right, I've added my tonic. Adding tonic, adding length, adding bubbles. Um, it's it's pretty much as you had neat, though. There's no real change in the flavour profile. Um, I would say, because I'm using um, full Indian tonic water, it's just adding to mm. that sweetness. Whereas if I had a light mm. tonic, I'd maybe mm. try that. So I actually was adding um, in between us tasting because I thought I'd experiment with it because, you know, we were tasting it, we added tonic and it's like, yeah, it's okay, but it's not gin. And I thought, well, it's Mm -hmm. kind of nice and long. It's a bit of a summer drink. It's sort of almost like competing in the PIMS market. So I then started adding ginger ale and I quite like it with a bit of ginger ale. Nice. I guess amplifies the ginger, the rhubarb works well, the flavours that go really well together. But there's one thing. Might it might work because you hate Negronis. But I this do hate in a Negroni, it's a whole other kettle of fish oh, because the sweetness, yeah. the rhubarb works really <gasps> well with the Campari. It makes it slightly less bitter. Okay. I don't know. It's it's still it still might be too much, but if there is one gin that we tried this series that if you put in Negroni, I think it might sway you. It's this one. Okay. That might be worth trying because I don't like a Negroni because I don't like that bitterness. Yeah. But the sweetness of this could compete against it. I might ch- take exactly. that challenge. I mean, the only other thing as well that's quite nice is you can make just a normal gin and tonic and then put a tiny splash of this on top because then you get the nose of the rhubarb Oh. You get a little bit of the flavour, yet you still have your ginny gin. And that's, I'd say for that, for lots of different flavoured gins I try. The problem is you never bloody get through a bottle if you're just splashing a little bit on top. Well, it depends but, how often. Well, exactly. It's a way to use it if you're not sure what else to do with it. Yeah, totally. Okay, so I'm going to try a Negroni. I will, I promise. Um, I am not going to guarantee that I will like it. I'm quite happy to suggest that I will take a sip and spit it out. But if I don't spit it out, progress. Let me know. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And I'll also, I like that idea of splashing things because quite often you get given bottles of gin or, you know, you acquire them from friends and family who goes, you like gin, you must like this gin, and you don't like it. Yes. So then those ones sit at the back of the cupboard or the back of the shelf or something and you know, you've got to think of inventive ways of using them up. And sometimes just that little splash, I think, is a really good idea. So if you just did yeah. a normal gin, bit of orange peel, bit of ginger, and then just did a little splash on top. I like that. There you go. Nice. You're welcome. Well, thank you for <laughs> drinking gin with us this series. It's been a blast. It's been an absolute pleasure i've enjoyed every moment even this one (laughs) don't tell anyone but still enjoyable drinking gin with you even if it's bloody flavored well do you know but like any like any roller coaster it can't end on that high because you know that's pretty (laughs) scary you've got to come down you've got to come to the end you've got to you know bring yourself down a little gently 
with something that then <laughs> gives you the place to rise again. Next series, see what we can do. Look forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, Sarah. So there you go. That was this week's gin. And if you haven't listened to the topic that we paired with the gin, then why don't you do that now with the rest of your glass? And if you want to share what you're pairing your gin with and what you're going to do with the rest of your bottle, then join us on social media at Topic Gin. And of course, listen again next week for another topic and quite a few more gins. See you then. Cheers. Cheers.